Yes, exactly. <laughs> Are the toys covered in chocolate? No. <laughs> Just I know. <laughs> what were they thinking? <laughs> they were that close. <laughs> From the makers of Tide Pods, <laughs> it's the next snack for your children on the holidays. Sounding like a pinky in the brain <laughs> yeah. plot. <laughs> yes. Yes. Sounds devious. <laughs> oh my god. So, so, so the Kinder eggs. So what I, so what did I end up doing is I bought a whole bunch of those Kinder eggs, and what did I end up doing is I ended up giving the toys to a whole bunch of kids, and they're like, "Where's the chocolate?" <laughs> I'm like, fucking look at me. Like he <laughs> Where's the chocolate? He ate it in his I, I, Yes. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Why? I don't know. <laughs> That's whenever my – all my ice cream always disappears from the freezer, like somewhere between the time I go to bed and the time I wake up in the morning. And I know I brush my teeth, but I always have that mm. <laughs> just eaten <laughs> when I wake up. It's nothing to do with an eating problem in the, in the middle of the night. All right, guys, what is it? It's a quarter till the end of the show. Holy smokes, wow. man. We're, well, until the top of the hour. Then we come back. Hour two is – uh. Mutiny Comedy, uh, Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2020. Um, we're going to continue this. It's going to be part two of The Edge, and Patrick Harlan will be joining us from uh, the East Coast uh, around 4.20 their time. So that means I'll have to get ready in 4.20 style my time <laughs> prior to that. So That's a lot of math. <laughs> it is a lot of math. So it's 2020. <laughs> it's comedy fun. 2020 at 4.20. At the 4.20 uh, on the, you know, there's too many damn 20s everywhere, man. So, numerology, that's it. Uh, how do we get a hold of each one of you guys? I want to make sure you guys get to plug yourself. We are in San Francisco. Make sure you use the flare end <laughs> when you plug yourself. But <laughs> where do you go? I like based, being the butt based. of a joke. <laughs> I like being the butt of a joke. But I'm bum. All right. So, where can we uh, catch up with everything Carl? Or everything, in this case, everything Mike Spiegelman. <laughs> Carl dot sucks. Carl dot sucks. Or carlsucks.com. Okay. 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 I, I can get behind that, literally. All right, cool. Right on. And then uh, Ed Rubin. Let's see. I'm uh, E. Rubin on Facebook and E.S. Rubin on Instagram. Sounds a good literary name there, E.S. Yeah. Rubin. Yes, yes. Much more intellectual sounding than I actually am. <laughs> <laughs> Almost sounds like a good porn star name, too. E.S. Rubbing <laughs> one out. <laughs> Like and then David, David Stolowitz. I'm <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Segway, segway, segway. David Stolowitz, how do we get a, a hold of everything you do? Well, I'm trying to be more professional, so you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, <laughs> very nice. Yeah, and, and, and yes, and, and, and since I get to plug myself, I know Pat. Uh, go ahead, Brandon. I know you want to plug. Um, Brandon Ray Brumba on Facebook and Brandon's modeling page on Facebook. Yeah, and you guys, you guys know where to get me. I, I'm still uh, get me at MySpace, Edge of Insanity, MySpace. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know where to find me, ask Tom. He'll send you my way. Oh my God. I was thinking, it wait, hold on, and then if uh, uh, you know, I know I'm a little bit more hip You're than Captain that. Flag Friendster. <laughs> Edge of insanity of Diary land. Tiny URL. <laughs> and make sure to buy all my bracelets at Etsy. Etsy. Find you in the For all my cock rings at Etsy. Cock rings at Etsy. They're more popular than him. Yeah. <laughs> they are. They are. I think uh. that Stevie Nicks song would be a good theme song. <laughs> On the edge of 
Oh, the uh. edge of 17? <laughs> no. Uh. No. <laughs> I don't need, no. <laughs> 17 will get you 20. Uh. Jesus. <laughs> Especially when you're 50. <laughs> All right, so it's good to know how you guys get a hold of all you guys. Uh, you guys know where to plug this. Oh, look at this. What are you bringing in? He's got something good. Oh. Mike, Mike uh, what is this? Peru? Coffee. Peru Coffee. Oh, cool. that's the new place next door. Oh, it's the new oh, place yeah, next door. door. And it it's repels the evil eye. Oh, cool. Should we shout them out? It's Peru. This is the name of It's Peru, you dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> That, he wasn't saying that to me. That's the name. That's their motto. That's their mission statement. It's Peru, Peru you dumbass. You walk by this like coffee that you can understand. Peru, you dumbass. Peru. Peru coffee. Okay, cool. I can almost wake up and smell the coffee brewing mm. in Peru. Mm. I was perusing. You were no. perusing. <laughs> what they had. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> this is not Puns 101, guys. <laughs> puns 101. All right. So can we play one of your guys' sets before the end of this? Uh, can somebody pull up one of their sets here? How about David Stolowitz or Ed Rubin? you guys want to pull up a set? Or do you guys want to – any request? If you guys want to reach out, you can get us at uh, Twitter. Follow us on Twitter. Tweet at Edge of Insanity 7 Why You're six times better than the rest. No, I don't have anything up right now. <laughs> yeah, I had a set I was going to play, but I had a coworker's name I used in it, so I took it down <laughs> from YouTube. Because I really don't need any more controversy right just now. Point, just point <laughs> at me when you do, when the, when you do, when the name comes up, and I'll beep. <laughs> I'll, like, beep it out. But I'll do it just like TV so you can actually hear what the word was. That mother whoop. <laughs> <laughs> I could try to bring it up. No, it's okay. All right. I'm sorry. Solidinophil, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's called. I'd like Viagra. To see, um, you play one of those theme songs I do with Mike when, you know, because he, like, falls in love with the sound of his own name. Yeah. I'm okay. We can do that. We can no, but he gets all happy. Like, he gets all elated. Well, he does. He does get all. <laughs> well, it's going to be great because we're going to be playing your guys' theme song on my, s on my show, which makes all the sense in the world. <laughs> um, so I don't know how to pull it up, though. Oh, okay. Mike, Mike will pull it up for us. Sound tight. Mike, Mike knows how to get right to it. Mike, can you pull up uh, any random uh, theme from your guys' show? Something Sorry. one of Carl's. Mike, you should and play let, one. And let Mike you, through, folks. When I say your name crazy Herschel. and you, like, I sing it in opera, and oh, yeah. you get all excited, you know? Hey, you guys, you can call in still. we still got a few more minutes left in the show. 415-550-0511. And uh, we'd like to hear your request, but otherwise we're going to play something. And you're going right to your. Okay, let's do number four. Let's do number four. Here we go. All right. Six minutes, really? No, it's just me. Okay. Let me five and then we'll do three. Wait, wait, wait! Don't leave because maybe the girls will come in. Is this? Do I sing your name? Yeah, you clap and then you sing. Let's watch a full. I don't like Michael, so he claps when he says Mike. But this makes this makes seven now. This is like a this is kind of like the 
like they hit the, uh, what is it, the special features on the DVD, we can actually hear the commentary about the song. Yeah, at one point I did because uh, he said he, he, he was on there and I listened to it and I was like, laugh. But that's funny. There's another one. It's playing another one now. Uh-oh. Hit pause for me, buddy. That's all right. If you want to hit pause, I'm just going to hit pause. There we go. All right, cool. You should be able to plug in with the adapter, mate. Whatever the adapter is, I'm looking for it now. It should be here. But, um, yeah, you can send me the link, too. You can right, send it to me. Why don't you? And then you can just hand me that back. Um, we're getting close to the end of this show. We're going to do a commercial break. Oh, here you go, by the way. Adapter, dude. Adapter. Oh. There you go. I knew it was somewhere. So we're going to play a little bit of Ed Rubin. You can check out Ed Rubin uh, live this Tuesday night at the Hub in Redwood City, 2650 Broadway Ooh. in Redwood <laughs> City, the Hub. Um, upstairs from 8 to 10. Got to get some new chairs. And let's see what we can do here. Ed's getting a guest set. And he might even get a little bit longer than a guest set. <laughs> Let's see what happens. I'm glad that he – how are you doing, David? Did it finally kick into the, <laughs> the, the show, finally kick into groove right there for you? You were laughing. You were having a good time. I was having a good time. Yeah, you were, just in time, literally just in time for the show. Yeah. All right, guys, uh, don't worry. We're coming back for hour two. Everybody go get a donate, get some coffee, donate to Mutiny Radio, get out there, do what you do best. We got a GoFundMe, we got a Kickstarter. We got Pepsi. And we got Pepsi. That's right. No alcoholic beverages on site, folks. Is that yeah. Coke test. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> so we'll see if No Coke test for you. <laughs> we'll play at least a minute or two of that here. Yeah, once I finally get in there, right? Sorry. No, it's all right, guys. Uh what you else? Liked your automated soundtrack. I did. I thought I thought it was pretty cool. I and laughed. I laughed out loud. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny because even when Mike first came out with uh, the Master of Descending numerals, the right. and when he first started doing that, let's get ready to rumble. All right, here we go, Ed Rubin. Thank you, Jim. It's great to be here in Sunnyvale. <laughs> Thank you. I don't live in one too far away. I live in Mountain View. Right, I think tonight all of you are honorary members of that.
I know, I know. She makes the best feline pie. <laughs> <laughs> I have never said Okay, guys, we're back here. That was a good place to cut it off. There you go. <laughs> Thanks it was, for it was. Do that. Okay, guys, we're, we're at the end of this hour. Uh, we would normally clear the house of the crowd. We have an entire large crowd here at Mutiny Radio, so we're going to make sure we clear that house. Um, bring in the new crowd. Uh, get these guys refreshed, hosed off. <laughs> whatever they need, a uh, cup of coffee, cup of joe, whatever you're doing. But until then, let's do a little bit of a commercial break, and uh, then we'll be back after this. I think, Brandon, give me that commercial, dude, right there. Thanks for joining Hi. us for Hour 1, guys. My name is Ricky Thank you. My name is Evan Britton. My name is Marcus Stelly. My name is Boo Wheels. My name is Jim McMahon. My name is Chris Clue. My name is Kyle Turley. I played in one of the major North American football leagues. I have two championship rings from that big game we play at the end of the season. In college, I won a trophy that looks like this. I was a punter for eight seasons, and punters are football players too. I also wrote the name of the commissioner on my headband, and everyone lost their shit. The men who play American football are subject to a life of injury, pain, and disease. Both during and long after their careers are over. And that's why I smoke pot. That's why I smoke cannabis. That's why I smoke weed. That's why I smoked weed when I played. It has, without a doubt, reduced the amount of pain I live with. It's my body. I know. But for some reason, the major North American non-Canadian football league refuses to allow players to use cannabis. Instead of allowing for safe, natural healing, the sport pushes players towards addictive narcotic painkillers with serious side effects. So let's, let's get, get real, real, Roger. Football players should be allowed to use medicinal marijuana without the stigma of it being a banned substance. Cannabis isn't a drug. It is a medicine. See this cute little vial here? It's crack, rock cocaine, the most addictive form. You think it's the glamour drug of the 80s? Well, that's the point of this fronted little reminder. It can kill you. And if you've got to die for something, this sure as hell ain't it.
edge of insanity. Studio line is open, 415-550-0511. My name is Paul Brumbaugh. Woohoo! This is all part. Hey, hey, let's hear it for our live audience out there. Hey, you guys, how you doing out there? All right, there we go. So we are live here in studio for all part of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. That's right, the fifth annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2020. Um, our guests are joining us. They had to get, go get their swag bag. Swag bag? Swag bag. Swag bag. So uh, I want to know what they get in the swag bag. It looks like what they, you get get? Pen, they get a pen. Oh, tell us what you, what you guys get in your swag bags. I see a, oh. swag, a swag shirt. And he's even got his. He even and there's a pin. Oh. He's got a pin. Oh, I didn't pin? see the Ooh. pin. No. Oh, okay. There's cool. a pin. There's a pen. Oh. There's a pin. There's a pen and a shirt. And a wristband. And a wristband. Yeah. Oh, so you can get all access here. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's you've very exclusive. You've got an all access laminate like badge that you can get anywhere in this venue. That's right. When Whoa. Mick and the boys show up, <laughs> we're going to be there with them. Man, <laughs> you can go You can go in that room or this room. <laughs> and the restroom. And the restroom. No, that's, that's, that's a whole different colored band. And I plug can you plug the piano? Plunk it, plunk it. Yeah, you can. Go out there. Yeah. Okay. So take the take the external mic. Take uh, Ruben's mic. Go through oh, over there. Yeah, like go ahead. No, oh yeah, but I know that one's hot. Well, no, it does. They just want to do the piano. Okay, right, so. I don't know if this is going to reach the piano. Well, we'll try anything once. Okay. You should be able to do it. All right. You bring up S2? I've got S2 also. Oh, you had to bring up S2 every time I see you. <laughs> I know. You just can't leave well enough alone. <laughs> Poor S2. He's been paying shit for that for years. Perfectly just let him fine be. droid, S2. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Not a protocol. Yeah. Okay. You, you, you. I'm shout the out the S2, everybody. My boy in the house. <laughs> oh, no. Ow. Sorry, drop my testicle. Ed, can you pick that up for me? Yeah, Paul, you are tripping balls. Oh yeah, tripping balls. Well, at least one. <laughs> oh, look at you. Well, you can't see on oh, radio how you. You got to kind of yeah, you got to kind of do the Vegas thing. You better tape that off. You're gonna end up hitting one of our live studio audience oh members and they're see you for. You were for introduced as Pam's best friend. That's Ooh. high praise. Wow. And wow. I would think you have you would have business cards by this point. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, can you hold this mic? I don't know. I, you know, you definitely. Can you do this? Okay. All right. Just to let you guys know what we're doing here, we're live in studio for the Edge of Insanity. We got a great uh, studio audience here live in San Francisco. Come on down to the mission if you're not. You could be anywhere in the world listening to us like you were next door. That's right. On YouTube <laughs> with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Michael Spiegelman, ladies and gentlemen. All right, there you go. Wow. Dun-dun. Thank you for use of your piano. Yeah. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah, we're, we're glad. Thank you for thank you for not breaking one of the legs off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Good. So there you go. So that makes a seventh edition of the song, maybe. <laughs> no, I think that Mike, that was like number four, two or yeah, that's a real. That's that's that. Oh, so you recreated number two for us here live, is oh what yeah, you're saying. It's a recreation. Okay. There we go. Uh, so this is what we're gonna do. We got the 420 shout out with Patrick Carlin in this hour, which is happening. Uh, we're going to end up playing him something in about seven minutes. Very soon. Very, very soon. <laughs> very soon. So until then, we got to keep you guys entertained and figuring out what else. And he can't play 20 different versions of that in seven minutes. Or can he? No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> so <laughs> what I'm going to no, do. No, <laughs> <laughs> get off the stool. <laughs> David, get off the stool. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no. I meant like as in you were hanging something over a raft or like a rope. Yeah, I was going to say I'm on a chair. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Get off the stool. Don't kick it out from under you. I promise I won't make a point. <laughs> like, what? What do you mean? It's too stool? late for that joke. Uh. It's too late for that joke. Uh. All right. So what are we going to do? We're going to – we're going to – well, I just noticed half my board's lighting up and the other half isn't. That's fun. Oh, hi, Gail. Hi, Gail. No, we're not going to call sweet no Gail. Way. Oh, my God. So here, oh I, God, I will show you this. Way. If anybody knows who sweet Gail is, I blocked her in the last two weeks. Oh, thank God. And she's so sad. <laughs> Even her therapist doctor's <laughs> calling me, hi, this is, this uh, is, I want to, this is Gail, beep, her last name. I'll, I'll block it out. And really she really needs an outlet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's one over there, a 110. <laughs> Tell her to stick a spoon into it. <laughs> the end of a fork. <laughs> Talk about the what stare now? down. <laughs> sorry. Uh-oh, my business manager just came uh -oh. over and said, oh, sorry. <laughs> She's really mad at you right now. <laughs> <laughs> the producer of the oh show just came over oh. and pulled the plug. She's like, uh, no, you're done, bye. Pulled the plug on the outlet, Chuck. Okay, that's enough puns. <sighs> so that wasted at least two or three minutes. So now. It wasn't a waste. It wasn't a waste. It wasn't. Uh, oh, okay. Jeez. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for getting me in trouble this time. No, David. <laughs> it's my specialty. I know. <laughs> Yeah, that's probably why you became a comic, huh? Just to get just get yourself in trouble in that way. No, I, I there's one thing I that's one thing I really enjoy about being a comic. You don't have free license to say something that's gonna hurt somebody, but you have free license to say anything you want, especially if it's gonna hurt you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> nodding. Yeah, nodding. <laughs> Guilty, yeah. Present company in included, yeah. No, it is. It, 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 and we were just talking about insult art uh, and, and stuff. Back. Oh, look, at a smile. Oh, yeah. Look. <laughs> oh, I heard you guys were talking about roast. Yeah, and roast and stuff. So with roast, I, I don't like that, but it's kind of like it, that's what the good insult artists do. Like Don Rickles yeah. is like the king of that. So what he did is he would lay suppressive fire all the way across the room and hit every uh, ethnic, sexual, everything just – nail them all right but then he would double down on himself so if you double down on yourself and you get yourself way worse than everybody else in the room they're like oh, okay this is an honor 
<laughs> Come shit on me. It's like it's like German porn. <laughs> I just feel sorry for you. <laughs> da. <laughs> ja. 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 Da. 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 Fräulein. I can das Fräulein. Okay, yeah, sure. I can only count to I can count to five. <laughs> I can say cassette tape. <laughs> These are the things I can say in German. And and I'm sorry. Where's the nearest prostitute? <laughs> I don't know why I know these terms. But these are the only ones I know in German. You know why I took German in high school? Because it's the language of science. That's really? What my oh. parents told oh, there me. You really? Go. I thought it was the language of love. <laughs> <laughs> You should really see a psychiatrist <laughs> if you think that's the language of love. Oh my I've been God. told as much. Yes. So, <laughs> so okay, wait. So wait. So why? Because 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 there's a lot of German scientists. Yeah, there were a lot of giant scientists. Yeah. Before they all moved to Germany. I'm watching. I'm all uh, that. I'm watching a show that is uh, called Hunters. It's on Amazon Prime, and it's basically it's Al Pacino is a Nazi hunter. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's a Jewish guy that's. Uh, uh, hunting down Nazis in America after World War II that came over <coughs> here, and they were invited by the FBI and invited by the CIA and all. I mean, invited by our government, basically gave them tickets here because they were – they even at one point even said, well, you know, um, didn't she like Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs? Yeah, okay. Well, you wouldn't have that shit. <laughs> it's like, oh, you know, what about cell phones? Yeah, okay. <laughs> that shit gone too. <laughs> So it's like it's all these things, and you don't realize it, but that's a true thing. That's scary, man. That's scary that they s they saved people for their technology. They stole they stole scientists for technology. Well, it's not rocket science. Oh wait, <laughs> <laughs> no wait, it is. <laughs> yeah, he's been waiting to drop that line like a bomb on Hiroshima. He was ready to drop that fucker, man. <laughs> No wonder you were sitting there so poised. <laughs> you were so you were just smiling. It's like y y you could tell when a comedian's got something up his sleeve. He looks like, um, go ahead, make your move because I see checkmate coming your way, motherfucker. Go ahead. <laughs> and so it's just like, bam. Oh, oh wow! I got the cut off there. Oh I cut my own self off there. Okay, but it's not when like um, you self edit your uh, you self edit yourself. That sounded well. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't when you edit yourself, <laughs> yeah. When you didn't edit yourself enough, right. <laughs> you cut yourself short. When you don't have a producer <laughs> that's ready to come pull your plug. <laughs> 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 no, she's the one. Actually, my producer, my executive producer has got me out mm. of so much shit. Uh, just walking over to the window and that look. Oh, yeah. That yeah. look is like, oh, that wait, hold means on. you have to stop. Yeah, it does. Matter of fact, it's that time. <laughs> I have to stop. <laughs> Why? Because I'm going to play something for Patrick Harlan for the 420 shout-out. Got to play him something. I'm going to play him a little something from San Francisco Bay Best Blues. Uh, ooh. How about some T-bone steak? Oh, wait. he's he's He doesn't eat meat. Oh, he doesn't eat meat. <laughs> so that why would you play him a song, T-bone steak? Because uh, he's a – People yeah. like, why did you play that? Yeah, why did you play that? Um uh, – Jumping at the Golden Gate. Uh, ah. Sure. Oh, Jumping at the Golden Gate. That's what we'll do. All right. 
Because wow. uh, most most comics can, can relate to that. Jumping off, <laughs> jumping off, yeah, basically. Wow. <laughs> so you started off with a suicide <laughs> joke. Yeah, start off with a suicide joke. Well, that's <laughs> yeah. White man can't jump. <laughs> shit. I, c- I could make it. <laughs> <laughs> if I can make it here, I can make it anywhere. Turns out that just <laughs> why do I reason? sound like one of those old newsreels again? <laughs> just use here we go. Use a bungee cord, you'll be fine. Uh, <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, we'll be back with the 420 shout-out with Patrick Carlin. Until then, it's a little bit of the San Francisco Bay Best Blues. Huh. Sure. Sure. Have you heard about that cat in San Francisco who decided to jump the gun? From high upon the Golden Gate, he cashed it in before his race was run. He waved goodbye to Alcatraz and went down with the setting sun. Everybody sing jump from way up high, now jump. People passing by said jump, kissing all goodbye and jump from the city side. He lost a whole ball game, struck out at home plate, but it showed good jump at the Golden Gate. Stuck in traffic, running late, wondering why all these cars won't move. I tune in the radio, the DJ said, you better find an alternate route. Got the jumper on the rail at the Golden Gate, jamming up your afternoon commute. Everybody sing jump, from way up high, now jump. People passing by said jump, from the city side.
live in studio. Oh, that's right. As far as I'm concerned, oh, look at this. I forgot my condom. No wonder. <laughs> no wonder it's so crispy. We were talking about this earlier. All right. There we go. Joining us usually, I'm sorry, it is 423 on the right coast, and as far as I'm concerned, it's 423 on the left coast. Usually joining us live from WDST in upstate New York. That's right, Woodstock. But right now he's just chilling out somewhere in the deep, deep woods at the old Stoner Cafe. Give it up for our boy, Patrick Carlin, Woo! everybody. How you doing, everybody? Good, man. How are you doing? We got a live studio audience and everything, which is well, nice. Well, that tune was right out of yesteryear, man. That yeah. was great. There you go. That was uh, Ryan off of San Francisco, Bay Best Blues. And we were we were just kind of talking about, uh, Ed and I were just talking about it. It's kind of more had a jazzy kind of little jump and jive kind of thing going on oh yeah but that, that was the kind that was the kind of stuff that was everywhere we were listening to stuff back in new york when i was a kid and, you know uh, someone remember lucy brown and she tried to get you know and it was just great stuff it was they used to call it race music before it was rhythm and blues right and it was just good honest shit man talking about you know uh how things really were on the street well, and it's funny because you mentioned all. race music, and that's kind of like what um, Ray Charles was influenced by. And I've got uh, some Ray Charles that was staring at me in the face. So it's like, oh yeah, he was cool, definitely, man. And so a lot and, of these, San, uh, I'm gonna say San Francisco today, just be for fun. Oh, you know? instead of instead of Frisco, is that what <laughs> you're saying? Instead of Frisco, okay. but I had so much fun there, and right. uh, the clubs were so cool, and we had the downbeat and the Black Hawk. And this day one in the hungry eye, and they had a dude called Harry the Hipster, and uh, it, it was just—it was always San Francisco was always a cool place, man. It was a, considered a cosmopolitan city, and that was back in like I'm talking about. I talking from like the 40s and 50s and stuff. This is this is way before your brother and Lenny Bruce got in trouble out here. Oh, way before that. Yeah, this <laughs> is way back. It was. It, it was just a, a good place for people that weren't marching to the same beat as every other motherfucker in the world, you right. know. And well, uh, I loved it, and they always treated me right there. And uh, shit, man, uh, right on. I'm glad you're doing your comedy thing. No, we, we are. That's what, a matter of fact, uh, there's one, two, three, four of us that do stand-up comedy in this room. And I think it kind of, e each one of us brings a little something else to the table, so... Well, that's good because we had tapes and they got away from me of people like Janine Tommy Vega and uh, the dude who did Howl uh, and oh, all kinds. And you'd hear that they'd be doing a rap and they'd be doing great shit. And you hear people shooting pool in the background, man. That was a sample. Well, you just mentioned the hungry. You just mentioned the hungry eye. So the hungry eye originally, you know, is a strip club that people turned into another kind of entertainment venue because hey. You got to bring those ladies up to something, so you got to bring them up to either some comedy or some music or at least a host, somebody that's gonna glue it all together. Oh so, yeah. So I mean, even if you go into these clubs now in San Francisco, there's always there's always at least a DJ. I actually did uh, stint at a couple clubs here. I did uh, the Hustler Club and the oldest, uh, um, uh, what is it, entertainment club in North America, which is the Condor. And wow. so I was, I was a DJ there. And so that's kind of interesting when you're, let's say, spinning disc, or in my case, playing my computer through a system. And, you know, there's some, there's some history in some of those buildings. Like that one, 
that one's famous for um, one of the owners, one of the past owners in the 70s who was having sex with one of the girls. And it was underneath this piano or something. And this piano, suspended piano, fell and crushed him. Oh, my goodness. And so they <laughs> still they still have the piano there. And it's hoisted up by chains. And it's like, yeah. So kind of interesting. Wrong place yeah, it would have been nice time. if the thing came up out of the stage there with him getting at it, man. Yeah, you know, that's a, that's a unique stage. I, I, I'll tell you one thing. That's one thing. Okay, comics have... Uh, that comics that work in clubs where there's women, usually like naked women. <laughs> yeah, that's a hard act to follow. Oh, I mo like that. I like mo that play on the word hard. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, we've been doing a lot of puns you today. Can't slip <laughs> past me, man. Yeah. So, uh, and I think I left yours. No, I got it. All right. All right. So, but yeah, but I mean. It, it, it's funny. That's a hard room to conquer because they don't want you. They don't want you. You like my choice of words, right? Okay. I would love it. So you want to just get up and say that kind of shit right there, man. Oh, yeah, I know. But, yeah, but half the time they're all, you like, sharpening knives. You look hey, down the hey, row and one's sharpening like knives, one's loading his gun. And you just got to get down to it, bro. <laughs> shit like that. <laughs> oh, you could you could do an hour just fucking around, Paul. I would love it. Yeah, but you would have to do it in reverse. So a lot of so a lot of crowds. Uh, we've talked about this before. When you when a comedian has you, when he takes you down a path, he starts off slowly. He doesn't jump off the deep end. If he has a five minute set, he doesn't show all of his cards. But if he's doing some time for you. He, he reveals himself ever so slowly, so then all of a sudden you realize you're down a path that you can't turn back. And yeah. you're you're agreeing and laughing to shit you shouldn't be laughing and agreeing to. Like, yeah, we were just yeah. talking about <laughs> somebody committing suicide and using the, the pun of circuit, you know? <laughs> yeah. it, has to get, it has to get out. What did I say? It has to circulate, or what did I say? What was the outlet? Oh, needs an outlet. <laughs> This person needs an outlet. The doctor says needs an outlet. And I said it's right over there. It's one ten. <laughs> stick a go. stick a fork in it. So, yes, but yes. but it's but it's like you can't just start off that way, especially with a G-rated well, crowd. Well, I like. Uh, I'll tell you about a hard-ass start. If you if you, um, you're a George Carlin fan, right? The one where he come out and he said, oh, uh, "You know that thing." You know, hi, folks, how are you? Thank you, thank you, thank you. He says, you know that thing up on the top of a barn, the thing they, they call a weather vane? He says, and they usually have a, a, a rooster up there. And uh, they, the reason they call him a cock. And uh, you know why they have that cock up there? Because if it was a cunt, the wind would blow right through it. Oh. <laughs> How's that for a so it's so it's funny. So when we when we take your brother as an example, just his HBO specials, I can think of ones where he's opened up his uh, HBO specials talking about pussy farts. Um, Absolutely. Uh, the one right after 9/11, which is now complaints and grievances, which was edited. He started off a bit. He goes, "I'm going to tell you, this is the this is the set I wrote, and I was planning on performing, you know, a week ago yeah. before this tragedy." And the bit is, I like it when a lot of people die. Yeah. And yeah. so he goes on. He has a rant about, like, oh, yeah, I want to see mass death and this and that. But Yeah. You know, it was it, a great one. We it, had talked about that. I knew that whole trip. Yeah, and that's a, that's a really good set. But then when you think of it in context, you're like, ooh, really?
Valley. Yeah, but it was. It, but let me tell you, man. He. That's why he liked Pat McCormick. Pat McCormick was on the phone with a fucking joke about uh, when the the thing blew up with all the astronauts in it. Oh, the shuttle. The uh, the. He the had a fucking. Patrick McCormick was on the phone with a fucking joke about that before the pieces hit the fucking ground. So there's a lot of people that do that very well. So one yeah. that's very famous for that nowadays is Gilbert Gottfried does that a lot. I love that little motherfucker. Right, he's the first I met one. I down at Caroline's, okay? Right. And he did a bit there about, I killed George Carlin. That was his bit. Oh, my God. And, oh, it was fucking <laughs> wonderful. It was fucking beautiful. I knew him from uh, the Alvin Thick show many years ago, and uh, he came out with, uh, uh, you know, oh, Belzer, he and Belzer and Charles Fleischer and all guys like that were doing fucking little chunks on the Alvin Thick show, and uh, I got to pick him up down in L.A. somewhere. He's a real New York uh, kid, you know, he doesn't know about driving shit and stuff like that, so I picked him up, and we, I drove him out to the thing, and we had such a good laugh, and... I loved him so much. I still do, all those guys, and uh, they were fun guys, and it's just, that's all it's about. Man. So here's here's my rule of thumb. Here's my rule of thumb. When can you do a joke? Is it When is it too soon? Uh, when is it, you know, like uh, there's the thing about, oh, you can't joke about rape or the Holocaust or there's certain things you just can't joke about, and, and, and your brother actually illustrates it quite well when he talks about uh, when he does the rape one. Uh, yeah, when he, when he puts, he talks about Elmer Fudd and stuff. So, right. so you can, if you can make it funny, I think it's okay. I think it's, I think it's education kind of ass backwards, but that's what comedians do. They kind of, they kind of jump in the deep end. They don't, they don't yeah. put their big toe in the, the, sh the shallow end of the pool and go, Ooh, it's cold. I don't no. want to go. No, they jump in head first that's deep right. end. That's right. And so uh, you think about you think about people like Anthony Jeselnik does that too. Um, he does some really he like the first uh, his special that he filmed here at the Fillmore in San Francisco, the first 10 minutes of it is pretty much about children dying. Oh, that's and you're like, how can this get funnier? <laughs> yeah. And you and, you're, and so you're you're already walking down this road with this comedian and he's taking you hand in hand and you're willing to go. You're swinging your hand back and forth in his hand in hand. Let's go, let's go. This is great, and and so, yeah, it, it, it's a real art. So can, is there taboo subjects, and if there are, what are they? Um, is there things such as thing as uh, too soon? <laughs> they won't laugh, and they won't enjoy you. If you just get up there and you do your fucking thing, uh, it's cool. Well, if you and, go out uh, there to shock and awe, if you just I go out there to... I watched a guy at an open mic night one time, uh, just a young dude, like, trying to start, like, you've met many of them, you guys. And uh, nice young guy, and he started doing this trip, and it it got lost in trip, and he just said he wound up saying, uh, and then, wow, I got it all fucked up, <laughs> this and that, <laughs> Everybody clapped like a motherfucker for him because he was just being real and great and all. And he came over and sat by me because I was just announcing that night because some guy wasn't there. And they said, just all you got to do is read to people. <laughs> and I told him, I said, I said, that was fucking great, man. I said, that was so real. 
It was like Karen Finley shoving a yam up her ass, right? It was per- performance art. It was performance art. <laughs> yes, Karen Finley would stand on stage and shove a yam up her asshole. And that was performance art, just like Jackson Pollock dripping shit on canvas. That's, that's seasonal. <laughs> very, that's a very seasonal thing. I mean, during the holidays, a yam. Okay. Oh, boy, <laughs> the rest of the time, sweet potatoes. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Uh, what about you guys? What about no, your the comments there? The what are you guys doing? Do you, what do you mean, as far as material? What are we doing, or what are you talking yeah. about? Um, okay, sure. Let's kind of describe what we're doing. Ed, what, do you, what kind of material? What would you, if you had to describe to someone what your material is? What is it? I think they'd probably say it's a lot of puns and dad jokes. Puns and dad jokes. Yeah. Okay. Wonderful. Yeah. There you go. There's definitely Nichols a... and Vickers like that shit. <laughs> and these guys were researchers with me on the Alan Thick show. And when the fucking show went belly up, they went over to write for Johnny fucking Carson. And after they being there two weeks, they were made the fucking head writers. So what's your first name? Ed. Ed. You see where you're at with your puns and bad jokes? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're, you're, you're on a great you're, trail. Yeah, cool. you're 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 Thank you're headed towards sitcom. <laughs> I love it. Uh, well, they made a lot of fucking money. Let me tell you something. You can get a book by by Andrew Nichols, uh, called Valuable Choices. Oh, Valuable Lessons. It's called Valuable Lessons, and you'll learn more about sitcom writing in that book than you will in a fucking library. Valuable There's some very valuable lessons in it. And how he made a million dollars and blew it. Oh. And bought watches <laughs> that were worth like 120 grand and shit. Oh, it's man. a fucking great little book. Valuable lessons. All right. I mean, for guys like you that are doing this kind of shit, it's, it's something nice to, you know, to know about people like that. Am I wrong? Nope. Nope. No, I'll check it out. Sounds great. And then uh, uh, David, here, let me wake you up. He's deep in thought. No, he was deep in thought. I was just fucking with him. That's good. He must have got into some hair. Tell me, (laughs) (laughs) tell me about your material and where you it derives from. I know everybody. I know everybody's material comes from them, but where? I mean, where? What? If you were to describe your your material to someone that hasn't seen it before, describe it for us. It's insane. It's insane. (laughs) Good. Okay, we like that. Well, yeah, but crazy isn't always funny. I mean, you have to make it funny. Otherwise, it's just disturbing. So I've been actually yeah. trying to clean up my act so I can do uh, more clean uh, venues. Wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> wonderful. Because people go, oh, yeah, no. Yeah, him again. Uh, uh, yeah, no, I've, <laughs> believe me, I had that rep, and I still kind of do sometimes. And so I, I get uh, people go, okay, what kind of set are you going to do for us? And so it's like, okay. Yeah, it's a bated breath. But yeah, so. So, yeah, I mean, I can always do the after 10 dive bar crew, and that's fun. <laughs> but, you know, I want to be able to do corporate and church comedy, too. Yeah. I'd like to be oh, able to. Oh, wow. So oh, wow. Yeah, I'm what ambitious. What a fucking idea. <laughs> but, okay, so. No, I'm serious, man. Yeah. Because it's like controlling yourself, which I have to do all the time because I curse like a motherfucker. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can't tell. help Stop it. It's just it, my it, natural really? way, man. And uh, I can't even say mofo on FCC <laughs> or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. And uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of uh, 
when when you said cleaning up your act, I mean, because every fucking Sunday when I go on the radio here out in WDSD, I just automatically have to slip into my, you know, mother bleeper. And <laughs> yeah. Stuff like that. But uh, but I think I think that's good for your brain. Now, who is that who's cleaning up things, David? Yeah, yeah. that's me. Yeah, well, I think that's a good exercise for your fucking brain, just like doing curls <laughs> is good for your biceps. That's a fucking test, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Real yeah. wise oh. guy here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, how, that's how I look at it. So you guys are both on, the, on nice trails of your own, and uh, shit, it's great. It's like seeing the new waves coming in at the Malibu Beach. Oh, thank you, Mr. Surfers Carlin. are getting restless. All right, to the back row, to the back row, to the back row. Oh, over to Carl. Carl, what do you? How do you? Where does your material I'm come from? Ed. I'm like Ed. Absolutely. <laughs> You're like Ed. Yeah, uh, just puns and I don't say dad jokes. I say bad jokes. But really, I'm more excited about being an agent than a comedian because I support Mike Spiegelman. Mike, what is your act like? Yeah. Oh, there we go. Hey, and if you get, ooh, oh, oh, oh. tap it for me. Let's see that if it's painful. It. <laughs> no, no, let's see if he gets it. No, hold on. Keep going. You can keep going. I'll figure it out. Oh, there you are. That's it. That's the one, Mike. Go ahead. <laughs> talk to us. I, I watched hey. Carl's act, and then I just Talking took two Carl's. Talking about an agent. Oh. Wait, hold on, Patrick. Hold on, Patrick. What, Mike? Oh, I just do Carl's act. He doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And, and that's why Carl supports it all the time. Yeah. I'm uh -oh. sorry. What, Patrick? I was going to say Mike, uh, Mike's pal uh, going to be an agent. You gotta read the book by Bud Schulberg, What Makes Sammy Run. Okay. An old paperback from yesteryear, man, about a manager, about an agent named Sammy Glick. Okay. All right. Bud Schulman. What this makes is great Sammy writing, run? and it's just you know. What did what did Sammy run? Right. What, what makes Sammy run? Yeah. So what? Uh, okay. And a dynamite indictment, man. Right. But you'll love the act. You'll love the trip. It's right out of Hollywood, and it's like good, funny shit from yesteryear. <laughs> okay. Now, talking about shit from yesteryear, um, since it's Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, fifth annual, I keep doing that in reverse. Um, I want to know what's on. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl today. Tell yeah, us what's Mike. going on. Yeah, well, we have a very special episode because Carl himself is here <laughs> in person <laughs> at the studio. A special episode of Blossom. Yeah. He flew <laughs> special episode of, very special episode of Blossom. Uh, he flew all the way from the East Coast to be here, and uh, which well, is great. Yeah, Although, you said you sat next to James Franco, so I'm a little nervous. On the way Ooh. over. On yeah, way over. And a monkey. Oh. And, uh, he was going to Palo Alto, by the way. He is a yeah. bro. Yeah, he is, he, is, he is himself, that dude. If I look like him, I'd be pretty conceited, too. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to watch uh, two movies as part of the Muni Radio Comedy Festival 5, 5th Annual Comedy Festival. As mentioned in today's Examiner, we're going to be watching, uh, for the first hour, a 1924 movie just hit the public domain called Dante's Inferno. Yeah, which, 1924. Uh, 1924. Feel the burn. <laughs> <And then laughs> Feel the burn. Here we go. So it's, an so it's an Ed will be part of the show. And then at 3 o'clock, we have another uh, one-hour show. We're going to be watching Quentin Tarantino's first unfinished movie, My Best Friend's Party. 
1987. A comedy, a Quentin Tarantino comedy. A and comedy. I'm so, and I'm so uh, glad that I'm so glad it's unfinished because if it had been finished, there wouldn't be enough time. Oh, <laughs> I like Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> well, we're glad he left that masterpiece the way it was. That's right. You can leave uh, yeah. that virtual dial right here, and you can watch. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Or subscribe to our podcast by our acronym, Carl. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. And wait, L-W-A-F-M-O. He messed me up. And Paul's countdown will be. Will be featured. Yes. As Paul's running the board, he'll be doing the countdown. For this both time. movies. For both movies. Excellent. And Mike, it will be Mike's finger that's hovering over the triangle today, which will be on a projector on a wall inside Mutiny Radio. That's right. We're going to break line. every fucking copyright law we can. Live the dream. Live the dream. Yeah. That's right. It's yep. a public the domain dream. movie. Public domain movie. Public Chase domain. the tailpipe right here. Tarantino can sue me. That's fine. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, I dare you. Uh, speaking of, oh, who was the guy that w- the guy just died? Remember the guy? Was it Robert Conrad that put the battery on his? Knock yes. it off. Yeah, yeah knock it off. Knock I dare you. I dare you. Yeah, I dare you. What was that, Duracell? Go Ever ahead. ready? Go ahead. What was the battery? That's such a weird fucking commercial. I, I Duracell, I guess. <laughs> Duracell. Was it Duracell? Was it Ever ready? I don't know. It was just a battery, and it, it was, was just a battery. <laughs> I remember no, it wasn't just a fucking nine. battery. Cat jumps through the nine. Oh, so that's ever ready. Th- that's what it. Was. <laughs> it's the it's the electrified oh, cat, the which cat. is yeah, which yeah. is always a good sign of an electric company. <laughs> ever ready batteries company, are yeah. sold now. You find one, it's a never ready. I wonder hey. if they do animal testing. It has its pluses and minuses. Ah, <laughs> baboon. Hey, don't be so negative all the time. <laughs> That's it. There's the energy. Yeah, the thank you. That's right. Bad father puns here on the Edge of Insanity Part 2. Yeah. Oh, my ball. God. Yes, Patrick. That, that when you said ever ready? Yeah. That was my mother's nickname for my father. And I'm not bullshitting. It's in George's fucking uh, thing that he did, Last Words. The one that you did that you did the voiceover, the read that for I it. did the audio trip on. Yeah. And uh, I loved it. His, uh, she called him Ever Ready, and her nickname from him was Pepper. And, okay. Uh, yeah, she said the sex was great, but... Uh, <laughs> The other shit, you know, was too much to handle. Well, that's a, hey, I'll tell you right now, many a a good relationship and many of a fucked up relationship has come down to sex. Yeah, well, (laughs) the sex was not the trip, it was Mr. Alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, you pour a little bit of gasoline on that fire and shit happens, man. Listen, when you're fucked up in front, like I was fucked up in front, and uh, I knew that shit, but when I got started drinking at 15, I never drank except to get fucking drunk. And all I did was get in trouble and go do crazy shit to one another and shit like that. And when I quit drinking, it was like when fucking Jesus came out of the uh, out of the tomb. It was a resurrection. It was a, I couldn't believe it, man. And then I did two years of nothing. And I had only smoked reefer when I would bunk into it at an after-hours joint or shit like that. And I'd always be full of gin, and I'd say, that shit don't do nothing to me. And then I started smoking reefer, Panama Red, and listening to Bob Dylan with George and shit. And I had a fucking metamorphosis. I came out of my fucking trip where I was. I had voted for Barry Goldwater. <laughs> man, I was looking for you. I was, man, I was a fucked up dude. I was my own worst enemy. And 
I hear Bob Dylan singing. You got a lot of nerve to cry. I said to oh, George, that was that, that wasn't the song I was picking though. You were supposed to I pick one to I was George, picking. Damn it. Positively <laughs> Fourth Street, and I said to George, I said that motherfucker is singing about me, man. And <laughs> it was a 180 turn, degree turn? fucking turn. Yeah, I it, immediately it, was. Oh yeah, it was a wonderful thing to experience. I'm so glad that when that, that came in 1966, you know, I was not a child. I was 35 fucking years old. I'd been an asshole for a long fucking time. <laughs> Putting a little Bob Dylan in the background, by the way, guys. Oh. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I tell you, I want to thank him for putting the Beatles on to Reefer. <laughs> so I, th I thought that was the Maharishi, man. I thought that was when they made their little trip, man. No, no, no. So they, that's when they just got into acid. Right. Yeah, Bob Dylan <laughs> put those boys hip to Reefer. That's and a, their music just got that's some, oh, some, So hold on. Some, that's some big-ass peer pressure when the Maharishi is trying to turn you on. Hey, man, you got to check this shit out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And then yeah. Dylan's trying to tell you to smoke a joint. You're uncool unless you smoke a joint. And it's Bob Dylan well, handing yeah, you a joint yeah, in 1960, well, yeah, whatever. If, you, if someone says to you, you know, in case you being cool, you're going to really enjoy what you fucking find out, motherfucker. You know, and uh, I, it, it's just been a wonderful thing for me, and uh, I love it. And I, not like a, a fiend and shit like that. I smoked a fucking pinner and it lasts me all fucking day. Well, I'll you're smoking decent shit. Let me see here. I lost weight. I, I, I was at 265. I was drinking a lot of alcohol and I was popping a lot of uh, narcotics. And I was big. I was ballooning. I was I was bloating. I was like fat bastard from like the. What is it called? Macy's uh, Day Balloons? Uh, no, the, 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 the Austin, uh, Powers. Austin, Austin Powers movies. Yeah, I was, was getting big. I was pushing oh. maximum density, folks. That bastard <laughs> was, like was a funny character. <laughs> 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 so I was getting oh. big. I was getting really big. And then I, I kind of I tapered off. I literally had to stop doing, um, and it was um, opioids. Taking opioids, drinking vodka with Red Bull. Ooh. Oh, yeah. And That's a bad combo. Oh, it, you know what? It, yeah, depending on when you were asking me that question, it oh, was a great combo. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, we used to. I used to call it bobbing, bobbing for Vicodin. Oh, <laughs> I I drop so a couple on the top and go down on them. <laughs> I am so proud of you for being able to look at shit like that and make a better choice for yourself. Well, I, I lost I lost a lot of weight, then I gained a lot of weight. I kind of went back and forth because when you quit opioids, you kind of gain weight because you're eating food and not doing that. And anyway, I fluctuated so much, but now I'm like I've, I'm 40 pounds less than I was oh, great. about nice. eight years ago when I started All comedy. Right. And it, and it was funny because, yeah, because I've been doing it for 10 years. I, I, I think I was pretty bad for at least a couple years because it was like that liquid courage. Yeah. I want to go up there and I want to be able to talk and say whatever I want to be able to say, but I want to be able to say it. Oh, well, <laughs> smoke a joint. Well, yeah, 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 it goes different. But so the problem is, is if you, you go up to – you go on stage and you smoke too much pot, you don't remember the punchlines to your jokes. <laughs> Oh, fuck them. Don't have any. Well, yeah. Okay, so it depends on who you are. Some people write totally different. Some people... Well, listen what they did. They cut me down when I was on that Alan Thick show. By the way, we got about five more minutes until I pop on uh, something for George because we got to get something 
okay. queued up for let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube. Well, let me tell you what they did. Yes. They they cut my wages in half, you know, from right. like two fifty a week to one and a quarter. So I went in. And I told everybody to go fuck themselves, and uh, I split. And uh, as I was getting my shit out of my desk, Alan Thicke comes over and says, "Listen, Patrick, we I'd really like it if instead of you leaving and all like that, like if I'll put you on and you'll get like six hundred dollars every time you appear." And I said, "What the fuck am I going to talk about?" And he said, "Well, tell him about." You're the world's oldest hippie and stuff like this, like we talk about shit like that. And I did, and I said, see? I said, all right, all right, I'll see how that works. And uh, so before I went on to do the first one, I went out into the fucking garage area, and I smoked a big red Columbo, you know. <laughs> and uh, I'm coming in, and the, the camera dude was saying to me, so what, are you nervous, Pat? Are you nervous, Patrick? I said, what? No, fuck, I'm excited, man. I'm not nervous. And I just got up there and, and did my fucking shit and didn't care. And uh, that is partly attributable to George, who took me on the fucking Ed Sullivan show to play a thing with him when I was a fucking car salesman, and I never cared about doing that kind of shit. He took me on this Ed Sullivan show to ask him questions about East Councilman Carl K. Topout, and uh, <laughs> it's the, tw the 26th candidate back when all the Democrats were running. And anyway, it was a wonderful, funny thing, and so my, I broke in on the Ed Sullivan fucking show, and they, and uh, so any, going on any other show, I don't give a shit. What, what, the what was the character he did? He did Councilman Carl K. Copout, the, the 26th candidate running for president, and it was around that year, maybe 68, 69, when everybody was running, even Pat Paulson and shit. Right, and, yeah, uh, Pat Paulson did his mock for a couple years. It was years. funny, yeah, and we went back and did this fucking thing, and it was good. George wrote it one afternoon out where we lived. We were smoking shit, and he was talking with his manager, who was, uh, uh, who was a funny guy at the time. It was before Jerry. He was a young guy, and uh, we had a lot of fun, and he said, you ought to come and do this with me in New York, and I said, I'm not. He said, well, I'll have to get an equity guy anyway, and I'll, so I'll take you, and we'll have some fun, and I said, all right. And uh, he was that way. He never worried about anything. You know, he had balls of brass, man. I mean, take a guy like me up on the fucking stage for the Ed Sullivan show. <laughs> you know, what the, you know, what's my brother, the car fucking salesman? <laughs> but I didn't fuck it up. We had a lot of fun. And uh, so he quit. He's, uh, well, I got to tell you, he's still around. I talk to him every fucking day. That's funny because, uh, yeah, let me, what I'm going to do. Let's do this. We're guys. I want to thank you guys for hanging out with us again. Oh, thank all you. Of you guys, man, and you're all doing the thing that suits you best. I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah, Patrick, thank you very much. Yes, I, I do want to let you know that my dad loved the hippy dippy leather pants. Oh, all you guys. It, it makes me good to know that there's a whole new wave of shit coming up to break balls. <laughs> That's the idea. And it's <laughs> Carl, it's a blast having you here. I'm sorry, Thanks. you're in the back row now. <laughs> No problem. You were hanging out with Mike. I guess you guys were probably talking out the show. Right, exactly. We were strategizing. Strategizing. Cool. Um, yeah, you know what? It's actually – you can probably find that bit on edsullivan.com forward slash artist forward slash George Carlin. You'll find that one bit, and I'm going to try to uh, save it and play it on another show. But uh, I want to thank you for hanging out with us. And, Brandon, thanks for being a co-host for the last couple hours. Oh, Give it up no for Brandon Ray, everybody. Yeah, He's been supporting me, just looking at me, hanging out. Keep with the home fires burning. 
and that's what I'm talking about. And hey, thanks to our audience out there in the in in the performance space. Thank you guys. Love for the yeah. Bonjour, you love you. We really appreciate it, guys out there. We're gonna do let's watch a full length movie on YouTube in just a moment. But until then, I'm gonna play the original beginning, or at least part of it, the original beginning from a com complaints and grievances where he uh, talks about a lot of, I like it when a lot of people die right after 9-11. Uh, Thank, Thank you guys Patrick, very much. Guys. Uh, keep standing up. We'll talk to you guys. Um, next week, I think, is going to be a replay. I have to verify, but I think next week is a replay because I'll be on set. I'll be on uh, film set in San Jose. Um, so I want to thank you guys very much. Keep standing up. Patrick, we'll talk to you soon, my buddy. Break beer balls down in San Jose. There you, know you go. Way. You know I will. I I do know the way. Here we go. And I want to do a little song here to take a liberty. Uh, this is a piece I've never read before. Like what I do is I, I write things real hard, write and 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 write. And write. Then I start doing around the house from a piece of paper, and I start changing a little bit, and I print it out again, print it out again, print it out again. Finally, I start reading it to the audience, and then I start to memorize it, and I have it on cards after I read it, and then after the cards, I got it from memory. Three of the four, three of the four, three of the things I did the other night, I was reading when I came here two weeks ago. So this is a quick process. I'm going to try this on you. I'm trying it on you. I admit that. I don't give a shit if you like it or not, because I'm going to do it. This is going to be the ending of the show, and, and that's called I Kind of Like It When a Lot of People Die. And this piece of material is called I Kind of Like It When a Lot of People Die. But you have to go, you have to realize I'm reading it's going to lose a lot of the value. I just want to hear the words out loud, okay? Remember what I said earlier? I like to stop at traffic accidents and look at the bodies. Well, it's true. I like it. I like any kind of tragedy or disaster, you know? Love fucking disasters and tragedies. People always think I'm kidding, but I'm not. It's true. I love it. All these things. Explosions, fires, plane crashes, train wrecks, cave-ins. I love them all, and the bigger the better. Because i got to tell you, folks, and I'll be looking real soft on you here. The truth is, I kind of like it when a lot of people die. You know what I mean? When a whole lot of people get killed. A couple of hundred, couple of thousand, a couple of hundred thousand. I like it. Makes me feel good. And I want you to know I really mean this. It's hard to convince people you really mean something like this, especially when you're a comedian. They say, well, he's, he's just trying to get laughs. No, not making a joke. I swear to God, I fucking mean it. I mean it all my heart. I really like it when a lot of people die. I can't help it. It just makes me feel good. And I know some people think these kind of thoughts are foolish and demented and sick, but I know they're not. And I know these things are normal and quite common. I know that a lot of you feel the same way, but you're afraid to admit it because society has told you that nice people don't take pleasure in mass death, but you're wrong because I think mass death is terrific and I'm a really nice fucking guy. <laughs> and not only is mass death terrific, I think it's really exciting. I used to think that was the only thing I liked about it, that it was exciting, you know, that disasters are exciting and the more dead there are, the more exciting it is. And then I realized, no. It's your boy Sifo here, here to let you know that the 5th Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival is March 1st through 7th, 2020 with special podcasts and comedy shows, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. all week. Get your tickets now on Eventbrite. Just search Mutiny Radio and get ready for 76 comics from all over the U.S. coming for 66 programs in seven days, all here at 2781 21st Street in the heart of the mission, or if you can't be with us, listen live or podcast from anywhere in the world at www.mutinyradio.fm. Join us March 1st to 7th for these amazing events. What?
Quad Tigers, we fight for motorcyclists. We're not just motorcycle lawyers, we're part of the riding community. Quad Tigers watches over riding. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, we'll help you get your motorcycle repaired or replaced and assist you with your damaged gear, too. We're by your side every step of the way. With the Law Tigers, you never ride alone. If you're injured in a motorcycle accident, call 1-800-LAW-TIGERS or visit us on the web at lawtigers.com. The Law Tigers, California's motorcycle lawyer. Victor Davis, Harris Law Firm, LLP, 180 Carmack Circle, Suite 300, Sacramento, California, 95824. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. What is the concept of this show? Well, we want with you to let us watch a full-length movie on YouTube. There's so many great full-length movies on YouTube. I used to read about these movies, and I would go, oh, that book description sounds great. Too bad I'll never see it. Well, you know what? They're all on YouTube, and they're all free for the most part. So we want to celebrate that. And uh, you know what? The world has caught up with us, Carl. Everybody's doing viewing parties. We, I, I, you know, I can modestly say we came up with that. Uh-huh. Perfect. Yeah, we could. Yeah, it was our idea. Well, folks, we are going to watch a full-length movie on YouTube. We'd love for you to be connected with us. Uh, you can subscribe to our podcast by that delightful acronym, uh, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. We also have a great YouTube channel and, and a Twitter channel. Uh, uh, 
it doesn't matter. We have 30 people who follow our Twitter, uh, Twitter page. Uh, and we're also on Facebook at Let's Watch a Full Length Movie on YouTube. We stream live first on meetmeradio.fm every Sunday, 2 p.m. If you'd like to make a day of it, please do. You can go ahead and listen to us at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Sunday. Great programming on Meet Me Radio. The show before us is The Edge of Insanity, available as a podcast, and it's also at noon. You can listen to that and then us. How cool is that? And uh, we want you to throw some money to Mutiny. That's our only sponsor tonight. Go to Venmo and uh, throw some Venmo bucks at Mutiny Radio. And we appreciate it. And we do have a GoFundMe that's uh, happening this summer. Uh, and it's not too late to go to help us reach our goal of $5,000 so we don't have to shut down this station. <laughs> Carl, let's change the subject. What's the movie today? <laughs> Today, unfortunately, we are watching Munchie. Munchie, nineteen ninety-two. We're watching Munchie, <laughs> the the hard R movie from nineteen eighty-seven. No, we are watching the PG-rated. Uh, is it a sequel? Is it a sequel? It has nothing to do with the first one. So no, it's, it's yeah, I guess it's a trilogy. It's, it's the second yes, part of a trilogy, right? It is a trilogy, and I think this third one does have something to do with the second one because the the uh the the hero is back again but we'll talk about it during um go to your okay. youtube well, search engine what? yeah and you put in yes. munchie which is m u n c h i e not a y m u n c h i e 1992 all right we Get like it. raging Who's dragon it? that's our that's our channel raging dragon it's vhs copy raging dragon and it's a great channel, by the way. I'm subscribe. I'm hitting the subscribe button. Oh. We want you to go ahead, type in Munchie, i.e., 1992, into the search engine. Click the link hosted by Raging Dragon. Hit pause ASAP and move that slider to the left so it says zero zero zero. And uh, we're going to watch this movie, uh, and with you, and you're going to watch the movie and listen to the podcast at the same time to experience maximum entertainment value. Yeah. Yeah, because if you're not watching the movie with us, you're 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 blowing it. You're missing it. That's the gag. You're, that's the you're you're against us. Yeah, yeah that's that's the cheap gag. <laughs> so we want you to be with us and not against us. Uh, I'm very excited to have the host of the Edge of the Sanity, the show that's going to for us, to do the countdown. Drill. Unfortunately, Mr. Paul Brahma is not here in the studio today, but we are very grateful, grateful to have in his place. Another day the, of the hood. Uh, Here we go, folks. Himself, the drill. The Paul Brumbot. Paul Brumbot, take it away. All right, so let's get this started. I am I am ready. It was a live show. We're very excited to have Paul here as our countdown gentleman. Let's get ready to Brumbot. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to Brumbot. Okay, so let's get ready to Brumbot. And now, what you've all been waiting for. Master of the Descending Numerals, the Countdown King himself. Would you please welcome Mr. Paul Brumbaugh? All right, guys, you know the drill. Put that finger right over that triangle and do it in three, two, one, go. Uh oh, new Concord. Yeah. That was a Roger Corman thing. Like, Corman, uh, as he got older, just kind of had new companies. Ugh, family entertainment. I'm out of here. This is produced by Roger Corman. 
So what do you what do you think of what capacity? He just said, yeah, sounds good. We need product. Are you thinking through some money in this? It's directed by Jim Wynorski, who's like a big, uh, uh, you know, he was a, Corman was his guru, you know, so he loves this guy. This, this director is his boy. So I think he was more enthusiastic cool. about it than whatever. All right. Well, it sounds good. Now, as we mentioned, this is a sequel to the 1987 classic Gremlins ripoff. No, not Ghoulies. No, not uh, Critters. Munchies, a third uh, ripoff of Gremlins. And this, that was a hard, hard one. In fact, if you have an opportunity to take a look at the movie poster for Munchies, it's a fucking Munchie looking up the skirt of a lady. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> so here is the sequel to Munchies. Which is oh, 1970. Yeah, we opened up a flashback, and I think we just saw Buck Flower um, from Back to the Future, but also from uh, WB Blue and the Bean. I think he was. See, the thing is, this is a kids show, and it starts out with drunk driving by uh, Buck Flower. Right. <laughs> well, they have they they want something for the dads too, you know. Uh, Dad's gonna watch it with them. So Buck Flower's sitting next to some other drunk, and they're going, ah, let me have a drink. Ah. And that, that's, you know, it, it led to the car crash. Now, it's a little inexplicable what's going on, and it doesn't get explained. There's some guy who's, like, fed up with whatever is in this box, and we'll later learn it's Munchie. And he's trying to, like, get rid of it, and he has to evade the cops. Listen to uh, Munchie. Okay. So Munchie just says all this stupid stuff all the time, and he—it's—well, it's the voice of Dom DeLuise, and that's a little fun. But the lines are just ridiculous, you know. He's always making a joke, and you'll see. He's what Spuds McKenzie would be if Spuds McKenzie could talk. I guess. I mean, Spuds McKenzie, I thought was a little—was kind of cool. He is cool. What do you mean you thought he was kind of cool? He's a role model. Munchie's not cool. Munchie's saying things like, I love sirens. They really get your attention. Oh, you got us a police escort. I love that. So he's eluded the cops now. <laughs> and he's going to a bottomless pit. That's what the sign says. Yeah. And I think that's the he thinks will be the final resting place of Munchie. Oh, no, that's the thing about this bottomless pit. Yeah. It's not really a bottomless pit. Yeah, there's false advertising. Because there's a bottom. I went to the Santa Cruz mystery spot, and I'm like, what's the mystery? I'm here. <laughs> right? I mean, I went to Yelp. I saw the listing. All right, bye, Monty. Looks like, oh, I'm rolling around. I'm getting dizzy. Oh, yeah, Sir Billy? Well, when you get yeah, right, the foot. They were in peril. Yeah. Okay, now, this uh. is the dumbest thing ever. I don't. It's a stupid movie choice, and and we're talking Roger Corman here. You see the chattering teeth against a black background, sure. while we see the stars being listed in the credits, and that's right it. alphabetically. We will see that by first name. We will see that 
that's all we're going to see in this whole opening segment. That's pretty cheap. Pretty cheap. But have you ever wound up those teeth? They don't last like they don't last the length of an opening credit. Ooh, Artie Johnson. How did they get him? <laughs> Look, not Jennifer Love Hewitt. It's Love Hewitt. Whoa, Jennifer Love Hewitt. I mean, Love Hewitt's in this. Right. She's twelve years old. This is her first show, tele, um, first movie thing ever. This introduces us to her. Um. But it's just Love huh. Hewitt, not Jennifer Love Hewitt. And she won a Young Artist Award uh, for this film in 1992. Really? Yeah. Is this our first award-winning movie we watched? I'm sure that's not true. There's, there. I, I remember Sorry. writing down, it won this award, that award. It's still a piece of crap. D-D-D-D-D. <laughs> Look how they still chatter. I would have to crank them up, wind them up, like halfway through. By the time I get to the produce by. These are gas powered. Um, okay, this director, Jim Wynorski, he did 150 motion pictures, 25 years in the business. Uh, he was like wow. he had some sort of successful business in New York, but he just gave it up, relocated to uh, California in 1980, and he met his childhood idol B film king Roger Corman and they took they took and he went on to okay Big Mama 2 um Return Whoa. of the Swamp Thing with Tracy Lords or no yeah 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 Heather Locklear uh yeah I I I can't watch that movie Return of the Swamp. The title is so stupid. Uh huh. Yeah, Return of the, I just any movie that's like Return of the, you know, right. Return of the Man Named Horse. It's so awesome. You know, Return of the Jedi. Fuck it. Come up with a better name. How about Jedi Two? <laughs> there's Jennifer. And there's our. That's Jennifer Love Hewitt. See it? It's her. Yeah. You can see in her face. Twelve-year-old love we're watching. Yup. I have to say why I find this movie offensive is that, you know, as white guys, they'll say, like, you know, we have privilege, but every form of entertainment is always aimed for a white guy. Mm -hmm. And this is what they're presenting. And it's like, what the fuck? I, no, thank you. What, what made you think I would even want to watch this shit? You know? Like, I find it as an insult. Like, oh, it's aimed for white guys. It's like, well, as a white guy, I, I, I'm, I'm insulted. Well, look, I don't you want know. An you might, but okay, I'm with you now. Well, let's say they target this movie. They target this movie for twelve-year-old white boys, right? Because the star is a twelve-year-old white boy. There he is. He's getting his Oscar for this movie. Uh, okay. He's wearing denim. Uh -huh. Not a good choice. Well, it's Patrick that's what he's really wearing know. in school. His fantasy is getting interrupted now by the real math teacher. Uh, answer is Albert Einstein. Correct. Saved by the bell. Oh, the college years. Saved by the bell, the college years. <laughs> Remember they had a rave in the Saved by the Bell, the college years? Oh, oh, by the way, I need to talk to you. Yeah, that's classic. Turn around slowly. Well, you know, it's the first 10 minutes of the film, so we're learning everything we need to know. 
And we've already learned that there's some weird creature. We don't even know his name's Munchie, but that's enough. And now we're learning Gage is a transfer student. He's only been here two months. He's failing math, and he's in love with that girl. You love Hewitt? Yeah, love Hewitt. Uh, her name's Andrea Kurtz, but I'm just going to call her love throughout the whole film because that's more interesting. It is more Do you think that was really her first name, and then she threw in Jennifer beforehand? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, because this was the only time she ever used just love, and I don't know the answer. I could have researched it, I guess. Have you ever, have you ever met somebody named Love? Or variations of it, a more or whatever? I met, um, in high school, I knew a guy named Eric Love. That's as close as I've gotten. Look at that old time. His last name was what? His last name was L. Yeah. E. e Love. I love ecstasy. <laughs> I have E Love. He's my favorite character in Entourage. Uh-huh. E. I'm just saying this entertainment is, is aimed for white uh, boys, right? It's a boy hero. It's a white boy hero. And as I'm speaking on behalf of the former white boy, I am insulted that they think I'm supposed to find this entertaining. That's all. Okay. So registered. I, re <laughs> I reject it. Okay. So no. he's not cool, right? They're like, go back to your farm. Yeah, he's absolutely not cool. So this is uh... – um, Ashton and uh, and Leon, okay? And so Ashton is like, I'm a snobby snob. And, and Leon is like his tough guy. So we're huh. learning, you know, it's the first 10 minutes. Uh -huh. Guess who's going to get blamed? First day for Guess who's going to get blamed? Billy. Yeah. New kid? <laughs> That's right. This is Principal Thornton. Uh, his name's Ace Mask. Now, what a stage name, right? Ace Mask. Uh, but he doesn't, he yeah. was in the Transylvania Twist and Not of This Earth and The Bold and the Beautiful. He, he's, he, he's, he's perfectly placed in this film. That's, uh, well, that's good. Pity got covered in chili. Uh-oh. Going to the principal's office. That's Principal chili. Basically, he's going to say, look, since you've been here, I've been watching you. And You see his fantasy. Now, so we're seeing... Yeah, which is strange because the movie needs to be grounded so we can accept the fact that Munchie exists. Yeah, this kid has this, like, you know, we're seeing his fantasy life. Oh, hey, there's the devil. It's Friends more are, like... Uh, uh, Corman got me a cameo. The daydreams of a kid, uh, the, uh... Ever since you transferred here, you don't like what I see. You gotta believe me. Me and Dad will change. And you won't escape retribution by blaming her. So he's gonna get... I shall have to make an example of you. He's... Okay. Twenty extra hours of study for you. Oh, no. Ugh. Ugh. I gotta study hall? I really study oath. <laughs> yeah, Oates is much a more interesting character. Hall, you're just going to see a lot of background stuff. So look at this firing yeah. squad. It's colonial soldiers. 
No, it's not colonial soldiers. Oh, wow. British. It's the British. Wait, the British were redcoats, right? It is colonial soldiers. Let's see. Do your balls hang low? Do they wobble to and fro? Can you tie them in a knot? Can you tie them in a bow? Can you throw them over your shoulder like a continental soldier? Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> so he um he got 20 hours of study hall and two demerits, and he goes, whatever that is. Do you see the explosion? Yeah. Yeah. There, there goes another in law From laughing. Oh, Artie Johnson. Yeah. Hey, I, I wanted to give a shout out to Laughin and Tubi, T-U-B-I. It's a free streaming service. If you have streaming availability, you can find it. Uh-huh. They have every single episode of Laughin, all five seasons. Goldie Hawn and Martin. Goldie Hawn's bikini. Rowan. Martin. Yeah. Here, here's their model. Here's their act the whole time. We got a hot number. Ooh. Speaking of hot number, Dick, uh, have you met Debbie, our secretary? No, 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 no. We're celebrating hotness. I know. Speaking of celebrating hotness, I would like to go and fuck Debbie. Like, <laughs> the entire act. <laughs> so there's already done. Does he have an accent? Yeah. So we learn he's a professor yeah, and he's going for a grant to study ancient dead civilizations and he's tinkering around with the Jeep. The thing is, he doesn't get the Jeep going and it, it, it later on, it doesn't really pay off. Later on, they get in the Jeep and use it. So like it is working, but he's, he promised him as soon as it's working, he'll be the first to know to go on a test drive. It's a little weird. It doesn't play out. A, a bunch of this movie does stuff like that. I feel like if they have other characters, I mean, we we started this movie before the credits watching two different car chases from two different decades. Right. So I'm hoping that we have a car chase with the Jeep that already has. We will have that. Now, look, it's 1970, both of those car chases we saw. It was one time at night, one the next morning. It doesn't make sense why we had to see two. Him getting thrown in the bottomless pit also doesn't make sense because he's discovered in a mine. So maybe the pit led to the mine. I don't know. I, I never heard of a sign. I never seen a sign that says danger bottomless pit in my life. <laughs> I never seen it the bottomless pit. Could be there is no such thing. I've seen, seen a quarry. Oh, geez. I think that's Lonnie, is it? Yeah. From, from way back there? Yeah. Lonnie yeah. Anderson. Lonnie. Now, if anyone doesn't know who Lonnie Anderson is, well, good for, good on you, I guess. But <laughs> I I feel like uh, she's. I mean, she was great in the sitcom WKRP in Cincinnati. Yeah. But to me, like she is like the America's royal family was her and and Burt Reynolds. Yeah. And that you know every tabloid every week would write about them where they would do them Prince Charles and Lady Diana. Well, she like, had they became our our that. It wasn't. It didn't last too long. Yeah. Well, wasn't the story about Burt Reynolds is he got really sick and she took care of him, and they had a real nasty divorce. But uh, they she had was a really nasty there for divorce. Him. That much I know. Um, they okay. So 
they were going to be in Stoker Ace together, but the the producers didn't like it. I mean, it was a box office failure. It was a critical failure, but Hal Needham is its director. Okay, there you go. Um, she was not married to him that long. I don't know that he could have had a big sickness. It wasn't like twenty years of marriage. Uh, right. It's not jumping out. They were an item, right? Yeah. And, oh. Yeah, okay. So what we've learned is um, that um, this guy's name is Elliot. He's also a professor at the university, just like Artie Johnson. But he's like a big, big jerk. Okay? And that's what we're learning. Like, he, he just told Gage that he was going to ask uh, Lonnie Anderson to marry him. And Gage is all freaking out about that. So he wanders off and has a daydream and he wishes he was dead because if he was dead, they'd all be sorry. Which is morbid for a kid's show, right? We've had drunk driving and suicidal thoughts. <laughs> oh, look, there's our lead in the coffin. Ooh, a child-side coffin. That's a... Uh... So <laughs> the original was like a party... A munchie right the party munchies and they like looked up they they google googled women this family one has a kid in a coffin so first uh, and love comes up first love. it's like i hardly knew him i only talked to him once and now i'll never talk to him again so she's gonna be sorry then he's sorry i was really battling a self-inferiority complex they're all gonna line up and be sorry That's a cool fantasy. I think every kid has this fantasy. I never uh, had a fantasy that someday uh, I'll be dead and you'll all be sorry. I know many people have that, but... Yeah. Okay, this movie is not funny on so many levels, okay? And we're going to get one of the only gags that kind of works in this scene. Gage has been arrested for polygamy. Uh, oh, boy. Yeah, and Lonnie Anderson saw it on on uh, America's Most Wanted, so they're referencing a current show. This movie was 1992, so yeah. it was very current. Yeah. There's Lonnie. Oh, there's Lonnie. Looking wow, like she, she had plastic surgery, time. although she didn't. No, she didn't. I mean, she's a, she's a decent actor. I mean, uh, here comes I, our I, I gag. Just, uh, all right. He gave her a walk, gave him a Walkman. Oh, mom. And you got me with biscuits. What are kids listening back in the 92? All right. You stepped all over it, Mike, but that was our only funny gag. He uh, got up and he was like, thanks, mom. And then the guy's like, I'm sorry, sir, but you're going to have to be quiet. You are dead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Carl. I'm 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 out of whack. I'm stepping on all the jokes. No, no. It's, you could talk throughout the rest of the film. That was the only gag. Now the right. the keep out sign. Nobody else is going to be able to read it because it just fell over. No, I you know, guess. So the bad news is, kids. You got yeah. to hear Munchie's voice because he's going to be talking throughout the whole. Tom and you got to know how he okay, sounds. Let's, let's... All right.
I've turned I, it I do a think it's early. funny that the kid has. I do think it's funny this kid has like a pre-puberty voice, and everyone else, all the adults, have silly voices as well. The principal, Artie Johnson. Tom DeLuise said that. Oh my God! It is Tom DeLuise. It is the voice of. Did you ever see All Dogs Go to Heaven, where it's him and Burt Reynolds doing voices of dogs? He's in it. Come on, Charlie. Yeah. I annoy. I know, even Alf is like, shut up. Yeah, even Alf is like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I think Alf is also on Toomey, if you guys want to catch up on that show, too. <laughs> Don't bother. Now we have the dumbest special effects ever. Like, for some reason, there are sparklers. Hey, hey. This is the star of the show, a fucking hand puppet. That that's and then he runs away and he's like, I'm losing my audience. So I have a He's like a regular Bugs Bunny. I have a friend, he's a fellow comedian. His name's Mario Gentile, and he's like He's like a he's a paid comedian, you know. He's a, he's higher than an open micer, right? He doesn't even go to the open mics, right? And uh, he yeah. does that, like he he could be this guy's voice. Like every time he calls me on the phone, he goes, "Hi, pal," you know. And we're trying to do Jackie Gleason, you know, making a joke, but um, uh -huh. I have to clue him into this episode because Munchie sounds just like him. You think he's trying? He's doing Jackie Gleason as Munchie. I'm Little bug funny, Jackie I feel. Is doing Dom DeLuise. I think. I mean, Munchie is Dom DeLuise. Oh. I think that's the way Dom DeLuise sounded. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I saw oh, him in Manhattan uh, one time, uh, getting out of a limo, and he was very fat. He had a cane. He was struggling to get out of the limo, but he was smiling and wow. like he saw me coming. He goes, and I said, "Oh, hey, Dom DeLuise." I just walked past, but he was, he was like, "Hey." You know, it's waving at me, and I don't oh, know. That's so nice. Friendly, yeah. Yeah, he. You watch him in the movies, and like he gets kind of big. He made a really good movie. Uh, Anne Bancroft directed Fatso. Mm -hmm, that's that right. Yeah, I thought he was really good in that, and, but that that's was kind of a later size. Uh, and also, oh, I like that X Men, that that ninety two X Men poster on there. That's the old school X Men. <laughs> uh, Bancroft was his wife. Bancroft was his wife. I thought it was she was. Wasn't she? Who was oh, Mel she was Mel wife, Brooks' wife. Right. Mel Brooks' wife. Yeah. And um, she directed Fatso, and he was in all these Mel Brooks films, you know. And he was with. Um, uh, well, okay. Reynolds. yeah, all the time. Men in Tights, Spaceballs, History of the World Once, Blazing Saddles, Silent Movie. He Silent Movie is greatest. 
Mel Brooks films. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he was great in them. And, you know, Cannibal Run and people just watch the outtakes at the end credits. I mean, that's yeah. probably the best part. Smokey and the Bandit. But it's good. Two. Uh, the best oh, part I didn't know that. In Texas. Oh, okay. Then, right? That was uh, a The end, movie. right. That was Bert. Best little whorehouse. That's where he kills him. Check this out. Dom DeLuise was the host of Candid Camera for one year. Interesting. 91 to 90. I think I've seen those episodes. Now, look, he, Munchie goes, I owe you, pal. What do you want? What do you, what's your pleasure? So he just listed, like, I wish I was popular. I wish Andrea was my girlfriend. I wish that, uh, you know, uh, Scott Fergus, I mean, Ashton could be embarrassed in front of the school. I wish that uh, Elliot was not dating my my mom. He just lists a bunch of stuff, and what he doesn't know is Munchie's going to try to make all those things come true. Wow. Oops. Sucks for his mom. Now we have horrible Italian stereotypes. Oh, no, we just sat through Don Deluise. Hey, you got a pizza? I got no shirt. Wow, she's cutie. Now watch what happens to the pizza. That's some sort of magic pizza. It's a it's a identified flying object. Right. It's an IFO. Come back. Uh. That yeah, right. It's going straight to. So is Munchie going to eat it? He's going to munch it? He's going to munch it. That never comes up as a joke. There's no stone 12-year-old who's like, oh, I got the munchie. <laughs> right. That's right. That never comes up. But Munchies from 87 was obviously a, a riff on uh, getting the munchie. Yeah. They didn't just come up with it. Agree. They said, what sounds like gremlins that's not critters and ghoulies? And they said, munchies. And they said, perfect. Wow, this pizza. You know, if it, if it arrives 30 minutes late, uh, it's free. Well, yeah, he said, if it arrives 30 seconds late, it's free. Oh, here. Uh, very interesting. Yeah, they always do that German guy on... Uh... Yeah, I never got that. I, you know, and I watched all these episodes recently, and it's like World War II was like twenty years ago. I guess they were doing like the Hogan Heroes type of like humor. Yeah, the twenty years after World War II, it all it was everywhere in our pop culture was uh, films and references and jokes to about and you know World War Two. Yeah. So. Yeah. He would ride a tricycle, right? Or he would uh, he would stand behind ferns and go, hmm. He would comment on the last sketch. Yeah. He also did like a, a Indian guru, which, uh, you know, they would always have like the party scene and they would cut to people talking at the party and he would be like, uh, I don't know. Not much. Watch I it on TV. like him very uh, much. I didn't think he was very funny. Now, he was in one of your favorite films, The President's Analyst. Yeah, he was great in that. He he did comedy records that were pretty decent. Mm -hmm. uh, he was also, I think he was in Magnolia, unless, unless I'm getting him mixed up with uh, another cast member of, of Laugh-In. 
probably am. He was, but, uh, yeah, he seems like a gentleman's gentleman. Another one of your favorites. What, Magnolia? Uh, Cannonball Run 2 in 87. Yeah, that's a great one. You know who wins that race? No, I don't. It's Jamie Farr, and he shows up in Speed Zone as the winner of the previous race. Right, that's right. He really drove far. Yeah. So he appeared on Hollywood Squares 99 times. Are you Johnson? Yeah, why couldn't he just do one more and make it a solid hundred? Okay. I know. This this snore pays off later in the film. Oh, let's not let Munchie sleep like that because they, they pee in your drawer. <laughs> and Dom DeLuise was literally going beep, 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 beep in the recording studio. <laughs> I love that fucking Wolverine's on his wall. Yep. You can't get away with that shit now. Why? What's wrong with Wolverine? You would have to pay fucking Marvel to get Wolverine on your wall. Yeah, you couldn't get away with that, that's for sure. Yeah. Typical teenage uh, bedroom. Caution, radioactive sign. Dartboard. Does he really have darts in his bedroom? I guess yes. One thing's funny about this... Where'd you go, Mucky? One thing's funny about this actor is that his name um, is is the same as another actor's name. So IMDB got it all screwed up. Um, let's see here. Where is it? Wow, Friday at 2 p.m. You got to watch Assembly. There's Jennifer, there like in the morning in LA. I mean, there's love. There's love. Love Hewitt. Love, in the, love is in the air. You know, when she farts, they say that love is in the air. Yeah. Her sink is. Why can't I find his Love sinks. Jamie Mc... Yeah, yeah. So I'm looking up Jamie McIan, who is Gage, right? And he was in this. But okay. he was also in as Gage Dobson. He comes back in 1994. Munchie Strikes Back. Munchie um, Strike Back being the direct sequel to this movie and yes. technically the third in the Munchie's trilogy. By name only, but those two seem to be connected. Okay. He was in Who's the Boss on one one episode. He was in Freddy's Nightmares on one episode. Um, he was in... Why Freddy's Nightmares? Yeah, the TV series. Uh, 89. Um he was he was once on CBS Summer Playhouse, but Jamie McIan shares a name with another actor. When I first started looking up Jamie McMeehan, it was like appeared in such and such 1964. I was like, what? <laughs> I could be mixing up, and the old Jamie, his old Jamie McMeehan, his old credits end, and the new ones start for this guy. It's like he's immortal. Munchie! Oh my god. Where did you come from, Munchie? I like how Munchie always hangs out where a puppeteer could like be beneath him. Exactly. I'm right. just hanging out at this open slot. 
I have to just say that he doesn't look charismatic at all. He doesn't look, there's nothing good about this puppet. He, he looks fake and he doesn't look appealing to the eye. Do you know what I mean? He, he looks scary. He's all wide and short. He looks like it's creepy. Like Chucky from the first uh, from the first Child's Play. Yeah. And you're like, there's Eyes no way you can have a fucking doll that looks like that. Yeah. You know, this kind of the puppeteering reminds me of the movie T Rex with Whoopi Goldberg, which is available on uh, YouTube. And it's <clears throat> in the future, dinosaurs have evolved to be uh, sentient and uh, anthropomorphized and cops. And Whoopi Goldberg is a future cop whose partner is a dinosaur. And you know it's part puppetry to to create these these dinosaurs, but mm. at one point they they meet a creature that's literally like a puppet, you know, like sticking out of a purse, and uh, it reminds me of Munchie. Oh, is Munchie getting a hard on? Now this is a friend of our show from the Rosebud Beach Hotel. This is Monique Gabriel, Ooh. the one who was in Bachelor Party. Oh, I like that. Oh, yeah, she's the one whose nun's face gets superimposed when she's topless. That's, yeah. She was Penthouse pent of Pet of the Month in 82. Uh-huh. And now she's doing family entertainment. For she's the protagonist in Emmanuel 5. Okay, so... Oh, really? Yeah. Now, War Games came out before this. He's changing all the grades via computer to egg. <laughs> wow, Miss Laurel has a lot of power on her uh, laptop. Right. What's going on here? There's a puppeteer under my desk. Look at that phallic symbol. Yeah. Oh my god, is that the principal's office? Yes. It, uh, I don't know. It doesn't look like any, any, no school can afford an office like that. <laughs> so he's turning on the PA system for the whole school. Oh, good. I hope he gets fired. seems like a prank that the munchies would have done to that fraternity back in 87. Right. So the whole school, it's being <laughs> broadcast, including our math teacher. By the way, our math teacher, she was in some a bunch of B films. This was the best role she ever got. Her name's uh, Tony Naples. She was in Deathstalker 2. Hard to Die, The Sorority House Massacre 2, you know. This was wow. the most mainstream thing she was ever in. So why are all these sexy, like, R-rated actresses appearing in this family, family, family I film? I know. This film is PG, but, like, uh, they do lots of sexuality, drunk driving, uh, you know, it, it just uh, – suicide fantasies. It's just, and it's 92. They know better. Yeah. Oh, right. Well, 92 is still pretty much in the dark ages for a lot of stuff. 
I guess so, but... That was it. What was the kids? commentary? I remember once, I think we saw a Herbie movie, right? Herbie the Love Bug movie, did we? Yeah. And he I think we wanted to, and we just couldn't find it. Right. But somehow I, I did research on it, and the guy, the Herbie the Love Bug was going to commit suicide by jumping off the bridge, and they were talking about how times have changed, and that couldn't be in a... I guess it took a while to change. Well, I'll be honest with you. If he was going to jump off the Golden Gate Bridge, there's a lot of effort right about now to not make that a thing. So, you know, there would be a lot of blowback on that now, saying, you know, stop giving people that fucking idea. We don't want people jumping off the bridge. There's other, you know. Right. You know the Golden Gate murders we saw? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he jumped off. Uh, we, we did see that. That was a friend of, a, uh, of this podcast. Well, and right, but it wasn't suicide. He was right. murdered on the bridge. Right. It was blamed it made on... made it look like a suicide. Okay, so now... Oh, there you go. That's for you, Carl. What? The butt? That's for me? <laughs> I'm not interested in a butt. Um, so, gosh, where's his name? Where's his name? Ah, here it is. This is Leon, and he was in Tales from the Crypt. He was in Casper, and he was in the Radio Flyer. He was one of the kids in the Radio Flyer. Oh, gosh. I, I, I should see that movie. I completely forgot about that film. That's That was a very mainstream film, the Radio Flyer, and Tom Hanks did yeah. voiceover. Yeah. And Casper was a pretty main film, mainstream film, too. Right. His name is Mark Sim yeah, Simran. Mike Simran. Mike Simran. He just got munchies. Right. So munchies get the odds here. Whoa. So, uh, Carl, how did munchies... Oh, he's magic. Gotcha. Because he got out of the... He throws so... Oh, my God. Even Tom and Jerry want to do these jokes. Oh, there goes his back. So what happens is uh, this is the only time, like, Munchie does something and then Gage gets blamed for it. So, like, Munchie's trying to help, but Gage always gets the short end of the stick for it. This is one of the only times that doesn't really happen. Wow. Well, it would make sense. It makes for a good movie because it teaches kids that uh, be careful what you wish for and that you need to own right. responsibility. Uh, now, I could go on. That's the kind of thing that makes for a good movie, but it didn't work here. This was not a good movie. 